0: ...outlined how accounting... Practice, Good fuck. Though, what did
1: not what kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'll be in a museum.
0: I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now. Cartoonists now.
2: To another episode of gutter boys gutter boys episode 43 gutter boys i'm gonna fuck this up but is a small press podcast that focuses on the ins and the outs and the highs and the lows of small press comics did i do it right yeah oh hell yeah i'm your host yeah, cam you here with my co-host jb We are back. On the back half, we'll be joined by special guest cartoonist and child prodigy, Jasper Jubenville. But before that, we're going to do our thing here and just address the nation of the Gutter Gang and talk a little bit about some comic news.
1: Yeah. So, there's actually been a lot going on this week and last for some reason. I I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, Because we get lulls, right? Like There's periods where just nothing is happening for weeks. Yeah. And then suddenly just this cornucopia of news and so we're very blessed we're thankful we love content we know you love content so let's get ready so comic news uh, the first thing we want to address what do we want to address kim actually (laughs) i think about it what what cover what story did you want to cover first well let's you want
2: to talk about keanu first let's get that out of the way yeah yeah all right, so Keanu Reeves, you, if you've listened to the show, we talked about it some last year, but Boom Studios put together a comic using uh, Keanu Reeves's likeness called Berserker, but it's spelled without the vowels, so it's like b z r z. You get the point. But in addition to a highly successful Kickstarter that Boom passed the buck on to the customers with, the sales figures for Diamond's direct orders of this comic have come out, and they are pretty hefty. Boom was able to move 615,000 copies of this comic with Keanu's likeness in it, And uh, that was to the direct market, not including all the backers on the Kickstarter. This is pretty crazy because, just to put it in perspective, last year's highest selling comic was uh, Crossover by uh, fellow Chiba hawk Donnie Cates. Of Chiba and apparently the figures on this book with Keanu Reeves outsold Donnie's book by four times. They were saying the last time a comic had this much traction was when Marvel did the Spider-Man reboot five years ago. They moved a million. And before that, Jim Lee moved a million of Wildcats number one. So these are some pretty fucking crazy numbers. Do you think this is indicative of the market?
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I can't really make heads or tails of this because I personally don't know anyone that was interested in this book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not not even talking about like comic creators or distros or publishers or whatever. I'm talking about just like general people across the board. I've not heard a single peep about this book in terms of like people wanting it or owning it or being excited about it. So I don't really know where these numbers are coming from other than maybe some shady practices on the business side, allegedly, but also it's it's just, it's Keanu Reeves. So yeah, you, like everyone's grandma will fucking pick this up. So I, I don't well, know. I haven't, it's, it's weird to me. I don't understand it.
2: And they're doing things to like pump up the numbers. Like there's a lot of exclusive variant covers, of course, because that's just like the name of the game now where there's at least, you know, 20 fucking variants of every book. But apparently there's like a signed Keanu Reeves version. But the only way a store can get it is if they order a thousand copies. So it's like one of those one in one thousand variants. I would like to think that, you know, comic shops aren't simping so hard that they order a thousand books that are going to end up in their dollar bins just to get they a sign. They are. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. So, I mean, I don't really think this is a good read of the market. I think it is going to sell a lot of copies, but I think that this isn't going to, you know, do anything for comics. This is just like, you know, capturing lightning in a bottle that Keanu's hot again and, you know, just having the idea first to use his likeness before another company could.
1: Here's my takeaway of this is that if anything, this is a very bad sign for comics. Yeah. Like I get that having these numbers are good in the short term, but let's look back at the early 90s, Mm -hmm. right? Like like right before the industry as a whole pretty much collapsed in on itself. You'll take a look at those numbers and they were doing numbers like 600 or what was it? 60,000? 600,000?
2: It was 615,000.
1: Okay, $615,000, we are gawking at that number, but what was
2: X-Men doing in the 90s? Well, Jim Lee's first issue was a a million copies, like over a million, I'm pretty sure.
1: Right, and that was at the peak of retailer incentives, right? All these stupid gimmicky covers just to get more comic shops to order them, and what happened?
2: Yeah, it, it imploded the market, yeah.
1: Right, so if they're doing that many issues, like right before the bubble burst- yeah, And this Keanu book is only doing like, what, three quarters of that mm-hmm. at most? I, I see that as a very bad sign. That's not good. That means we are in for some pain real soon.
2: And it's gonna be interesting to see what the drop off is to issue two. There's always a drop off with every subsequent issue that comes out in a comic. And I'm just wondering, you know, if this is gonna sustain even half of those numbers. Cause I don't I have a feeling like it won't. I think it's it'll not. drop to like eighty thousand.
1: Ab- no, absolutely not. Yeah. They'll be lucky if they hit half of that number.
2: Uh yeah, absolutely. So I mean it'll be I mean, they made their money. So the biggest takeaway from this is boom, I don't want to hear about you all fucking shortchanging artists anymore. But you will. You will, yeah. But you will. Yeah. We yeah. we fucking see you. Just want to let you know. yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, I get why people are hyping it up as a good thing, but this is not good, like, this yeah, is not, not good at, all. at all.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Well, let's move on to something else that is not good in comics racism. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. And not even not even any kind of racism. Not not like living in 2021 and we have black people still getting killed by cops, especially kids now, I guess. I guess yeah. it's cool to just mace kids and tape it. So sick. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> What's his name? Joe Bennett? <laughs> We're talking about old timey, your grandpa's racism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like racism classic. Uh, so, Vintage racism. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So this story came out a couple days ago from when we were recording this and Marvel caught some heat for a particular issue of Hulk. In this book, I believe it's the same run that is being written by the, yeah, the Ewing run, which has been very popular, yeah, right? Like it's praised for being one of the best Hulk runs in a long time. Mm -hmm. I haven't read it, but it has been recommended to me.
2: I read the first two trades and they were really good. It was like monster horror shit. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of body horror stuff. I'm all for that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So in this recent issue, there is a particular panel where characters are talking to each other inside a jewelry store. So it's pretty mundane. Nothing crazy. The only problem is, is that the front window of the jewelry store, one, has a giant Star of David on it. <laughs> okay. All right. And then the second is the store is called Cronenberg's. Yeah, uh, obviously which is a, a
2: Jewish last name.
1: Right. Well, it's actually a misspelling of Cronenberg. Oh, okay. But we'll get into that here quickly because it, it'll come back up. And then lastly, and probably the funniest part of this whole thing, <laughs> is that <laughs> the, the spelling of jewelry is missing a letter that really does change up the word quite a bit.
2: Yeah. So in the window, like the the, the panel composition is a guy is talking to the jewelry store clerk at like the counter and in the background, you see the front window.
1: Right. So it's in reverse. You're seeing you're seeing the other side of, you know, this window display and by some magical means didn't include the L. So instead of jewelry, it says jewelry. With the giant star David underneath. With the giant star David <laughs> called Cronenberg's jewelry. So you, you see oh. that, like, let's say hypothetically, you picked up that issue and you're flipping through it and you come across that panel and you're like, huh, that's something. Wonder how that happened. Because keep in mind, this thing, this script, and then the final issue, it went through many, many passes. Mm-hmm. Like multiple editors read this issue and said, yes, let's print it across the country. Let's go, guys. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, somebody notices this and started tweeting about it saying, hey, maybe don't make a jewelry store with a Star of David on it that says jewelry. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, the best part about the tweet that went like, I guess, viral about it was they were like snitch tagging the post with at CB Cebulski. So, right. There was tweeting the, head editor at the head editor who also, you know, as documented on this show, changed his ethnicity and racial background to write comics. So <laughs> yeah.
1: AKA the grand master Akira Yoshida. Yeah. So he, I, I, I just, I don't know. Like I, looking at this, I don't see how anyone that works at Marvel could have seen this and been like, this is fine.
2: Yeah. And I mean, like, even though on our last episode, Daniel was talking about how like the editors like made him change the color of Batman's drink. I know that's DC and not Marvel, but I mean, that kind of gives you like.
1: Yeah. They're really paying attention to this Yeah. Shit, it gives you a to. heads that's up. That's their job. That's literally their one job.
2: I, yeah. So like, it, it is kind of wild that this got missed.
1: Yeah. So it's either one of two things. Either the editors don't care or they do care and thought this was cool. Yeah. Both <laughs> both routes, not good. Not, not good at all for Marvel.
2: And both believable. And also <laughs> so, both believable. Right, yeah. right.
1: Considering. Yeah, right. So a lot of people went on Twitter, obviously a little bothered by this. The artist, Joe Bennett, who was responsible for this wonderful piece of media- <laughs> He, it came out that he's also a little transphobic, just a little bit, just a teensy weensy bit. Now, this now keep in mind, this is not the first time Marvel has been outed for overlooking some strong politics.
2: Wasn't there like some kind of racism in a X Men book recently?
1: Yes. Now, okay. granted, that took a lot of investigating. To be honest, if you're an American comic book reader and you saw that, it would have flown right over your head. Mm-hmm. Right, because it had something to do with numbers relating to verse in the Quran, uh, QS 551, which states, Oh, you who have believed, do not take the Jews and the Christians as allies. They are, in fact, allies of another. And whoever is an ally to them amongst you, then indeed, he is one of them. Indeed, Allah guides not to the wrongdoing people. Oh, okay. So that artist, who I believe is an Indonesian artist that was responsible for that they got kicked off the book yeah they still work though i mean they're still actively being hired for work so it didn't really affect them at all but also it was really esoteric so it showed that there was intention there mm-hmm. but they also went out of their way to hide it for the general audience yeah so when th- this blew up uh, i believe it was uh, comics xf that reached out to marvel to comment on this joe bennett replied with a statement saying, quote unquote, I've been including references to famous horror directors to pay respects to the genre throughout the series. And in Immortal Hulk number 43, I included a nod to David Cronenberg. The misspellings on the window were an honest but terrible mistake. And since I was (laughs) writing backwards, I accidentally spelled both of these words wrong. I have no excuse for how I depicted the star of David. I failed to understand this troubling and offensive stereotype. And after listening to you all, I understand my mistake. This was wrong, (laughs) offensive, (laughs) hurtful in many ways. This is a mistake I must own, and I am sorry to everyone who I hurt by this. I am working with Marvel to correct this, and I am using this lesson to reflect on how I approach my stories and my work. Okay, so a couple things here. We've seen these kinds of, like, public apology statements, and they're, like, almost 99% just bullshit. I mean, that's just how it goes. You save face, you keep your job, everybody goes on with their lives. Simple as that. So, first off, (laughs) calling the, the Jewish jewelry store Cronenbergs because he loves horror? Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Holy shit. The mental gymnastics required in order to come up with that apology is truly beautiful. It is a thing of art, honestly. And then the whole, I didn't know what the Star of David meant. <laughs> that's just a cherry on top. That's just a uh, right on top there. Just to add to this beautiful, beautiful apology. I <laughs> just. There's just and yeah. so his his explanation that oh like it was backwards so that's why I misspelled both of those okay I mean sure sure yeah but then sure. then we take that because that's just an isolated thing with the artist right artists yeah. make mistakes on pages all the time whether it be for continuity or you know minor things and guess who's responsible for making sure that shit doesn't happen. Just take a wild fucking guess. It's the people that are paid more than the artists because they actually are full-time employees of the company. Right, right. And what did they do? They dropped the fucking ball. Yeah, like straight up. How how many editors looked? I just, I don't understand this. I really don't understand this.
2: Yeah, it's crazy that it slipped through the cracks.
1: Yeah, I, I would just love to hear a statement from these editors. As to why this happened. Also, the response from other editors about this is hilarious because they're both like trying to be politically correct about it, Uh right? So they're, you know, they're basically repeating what Joe Bennett said. It's like, oh, this is unfortunate. It's a really negative thing to see in comics. But – and then they go into this whole backpedaling thing about basically covering their ass, making sure they still have a job. It was actually an homage. (laughs) Right, yeah. It's the same fucking shit that you see from all these bootlicking motherfuckers.
2: Right, right, right.
1: So, what'll happen from this? Probably nothing. Joe Bennett will still probably continue to get work from Marvel fairly regularly. The editors that clearly thought this was all right. They will continue to have jobs. Now, keep in mind, a couple months back, not even that long ago, Big Gleb, big friend of the show, amazing artist, who's currently working on the DC Robin book, Mm -hmm. he was under fire for criticizing someone's writing. That's it. That's it. He literally said, hey, maybe don't make a bunch of pages of just talking heads. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all he said. It wasn't. Hey, I think Jews, all all the Jews with their gold, own jewelry stores. <laughs> so we should put jewelry on it with the Star of David. Like the, it's just such a sharp contrast as to where the priority is with these companies, and it's it's so funny to me because nothing's gonna happen, nothing will change, and this shit will just continue. Yeah, it's and the same the same fucking losers. That not only are okay with this, but continue doing the same shit over and over and over again, will continue to be rewarded because that's the comic industry. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not rewarded for being a good artist, for having a voice. You're rewarded for being a cog. You're rewarded for saying, yes, please. Yes, sir. Thank you for pissing in my mouth, sir. Thank you. <laughs> that's your fucking job. Yeah, go off. So, yeah, the, the whole thing is very funny to me. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it is comedy It gold. just reinforces
2: I'm- the industry and- What's you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Just like every horrible stereotype that you can think of about the comics and Marvel in general. Uh huh. But also, it's very funny. Yeah. That I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not even mad about it. I'm just this is this is good to me because I think it's hilarious and I love laughing. So. <laughs> I mean, keep it up, Marvel. I mean, That's my takeaway from all this. It's like, shit, just keep doing this. You got this, Kings. You got this. Yeah,
2: just, you know, perpetuate this. Uh, I don't even know what to call it, but yeah, keep doing your thing, guys.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I mean, it, it is fucking wild to me. Especially when like this happening after the big Gleb thing, I
2: yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about it in context of the Gleb thing. To be honest, it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, so w- w- let me let me guess how many fucking editors chimed in, you know, posting veiled threats yeah. to the artist, and you know, like no one, no, no one, no one, no at one all. did that, no
2: one, right? But I mean, also it's, is that it's... the difference between working at Marvel and DC? Because DC does seem to care a little more than Marvel does. I mean, you know, they both got their problems, but it seems like DC might be a better place than Marvel I don't know that's the vibe I get
1: I mean they might just have better editors
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: I mean that might be it they also pay better so that I mean I I don't know if this is like a revelation in the comics industry but it turns out if you pay people more they tend to do a better job right right so maybe that's why I I don't I really don't know but I mean like fuck me and it, it doesn't help any that Ike Perlmutter is definitely a bigot Mm-hmm. and definitely loves Trump who, you know, supported a white supremacist organization. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just at, at a certain point, where, where does like reality end and then the parody start? Like, yeah, I don't, it, it, I don't know anymore. It's, yeah,
2: it's too far gone, man. It's not for us, I think. I don't know who it's for. I, I, No, I don't, Yeah,
1: I don't know, man. I don't, we, you know, we should have Daniel back on and be like, so did the editors like ever do their job we'll, 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 when you were working we'll get him,
2: we'll get him back on at, on patreon <laughs> after the beta ray bill thing
1: oh my god yeah uh, let, let's yeah. let
2: us get his book out first in the trade so we can get a payday and <laughs> then and then we'll have
1: him back to talk the the dirt they're just like oh yeah like i turned in my pages and then when it went into print for some reason the editors uh changed tony stark to make him wear blackface yeah <laughs> and, and i didn't do that they just <laughs> added that in i don't know why
2: hell yeah all right, another piece of interesting comic news, kind of some deja vu, which, you know, if we were Keanu Reeves, it'd be a bad thing. <laughs> no, but I'd never heard of this guy before, but apparently he went viral, so you guys might have heard of him. So, there is a movie that's called keratin k-e-r-a-t-i-n and it is apparently described as a bleak and isolated ritual drama and this cartoonist named adam ellis tweeted about this saying this film is a fully plagiarized shot-for-shot remake of my comic the filmmakers didn't ask me for permission to adapt my work they didn't even notify me when they were doing so until the film had already been released and was winning awards at film festivals he goes on to post screenshots in the twitter thread of where the uh, filmmakers had emailed him and wrote they emailed me in october when the film was making festival rounds and asked me to help promote it when i told them i didn't approve of it and asked them to pull it from festivals they ghosted me for months now they've premiered it and they don't even credit him by name he followed this up with the comic they stole is deeply personal to me maybe the most personal comic i've ever made i drew it shortly after i left my day job because of disputes over ownership of my personal work the comic is about self-care reinvention and personal growth He posted some screenshots of like stills from the film next to drawings and they totally stole it. And if you look at some of the threads, there's actually links to interviews where the filmmakers say that they found this and based it off of a comic that they had found online and they never say this Adam guy's name. To be completely honest. Yeah, go ahead.
1: That's a big dick move to be like, yeah, we stole this idea. We don't remember who it was. Yeah. um, (laughs) That's amazing.
2: Well, I mean, looking at the art, I'm sorry, Adam. I mean, I know know you got this blue verified check and almost a million followers, but- um, uh, I wouldn't remember who you were if I saw this comic either.
1: Yeah, the comic kind of reminds me of uh, the same artist that drew that four-panel comic that turned into a meme. It's called Loss. Loss. The Internet's longest-running
2: oh miscarriage yes, joke yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Web comic
1: artist Tim Buckley.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah this looks like shit. Kind of
1: reminded me that. I, I mean, to to Adam's credit, his drawing is way better. But yeah, yeah, it is definitely a web comic. Yes. Like what you think a web comic would look like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not for me, which is you know whatever. Yeah, and and you know what, In talking about his check mark and his huge following, most people will know who this guy is because he made headlines about two or three years ago because he was, I, I believe, like live tweeting this kind of like a creepy pasta. So those who don't know what a creepypasta is, it's basically like a horror story, but put within the context of reality, like presented as if it is actually occurring. So it's sort of like the sort of new media version of Blair Witch, right? Like where, where you're trying to blur the lines between... Reality and fiction. And there's been tons of this stuff coming out within the last five years. Actually, a good friend of the show, Trevor Henderson, is really well known for doing work like this in a visual format. He does a lot of these quote unquote found footage images that he makes, where he will combine real photographs or stills from you know real video and then include his art inside of it so it sort of looks like you're looking at a some sort of documentation of an otherworldly being or entity. And he's blown up. Up since then because of that, and his work has been referenced multiple times. He's probably more well known for some of the monsters he's created, including Siren Head. Uh, so if you're a zoomer, you definitely know what that is, because that's that is a hugely popular character now. Kind of similar to Slender Man, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's very similar to Slenderman. So this kind of thing is not new, but Adam started posting these series of stories which would later be called Dear David. And it's a ghost story just kind of following his quote-unquote investigation in his own apartment because he believed it was haunted. Hmm. I forget what studio picked it up, but they ended up buying the rights to it and it's going to be adapted to in some form at some point. So he's doing fine he's gained quite a bit of traction because of this. And I'm sure he's gaining quite a bit more press now because of this too. Uh, it's unfortunate that his work got stolen. I, that shouldn't happen to anyone. I don't care how bad your comics
2: well, are. Well, sucks. and with them admitting that they stole it in an interview, surely this is all, if he takes this to court, I'm sure it's going to suck. But I mean, he's going to have a piece of this movie.
1: Right. And, you know, going into it further, it looks like everything has been scrubbed from the web about this short. Hmm. Like the video was taken down. Mm-hmm. The director of photography's portfolio was taken down. It pretty much almost doesn't exist anymore. So it's almost like it didn't happen. It's mm. really funny. Yeah. The only evidence that even exists still proving that this, you know, short happened is IMDb. You know, the the Keratin IMDb webpage is still up, but everything else has been taken down, which to me is like an open admission of guilt. Like, you know what you did. Yeah, straight up. Trying to cover your tracks. And I think Newsweek even covered this too. So makes sense that this, you know, the the creative team behind this this short is panic mode, trying to cover everything up. Yeah. But yeah, pretty wild.
2: Yeah, and it's you know we were talking about it off air. It's the same shit that happened to Dan Clow's Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf did this same exact thing a couple of years back. So. We'll see where it goes. Hopefully, you know, even though the comic's not for me, hopefully, you know, this guy sees quote unquote justice and can, you know, get some of the proceeds from this film or, you know, stop it from coming out if that's what he wants to do. Because, you know, like JB said, it doesn't matter who you are. Having your art stolen from you like this sucks.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. So next bit of news. We actually have breaking news. This just hit our email. We received an email from Chris Lopez, who's one of the head organizers at Cake. If you're listening to this, you know what Cake is. Yeah. Uh, And if you're listening to this and don't know what that is, Cake is Chicago Alternative Comic Expo. It's one of the biggest small press shows in America. I would say it's up there with shows like SPX, Short Run, uh, CXC, et cetera.
2: Probably the best out of the bunch, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's definitely up there. Yeah. In the email, they state, as someone selected to exhibit in Cake 2020, I want to give you a preview of our official statement coming soon about the state of the show this year. So, a couple things. No physical show this year, and your position will carry over to 2022.
2: Gutter Gang represent...
1: Yes, sir. Cake is focusing on digital programs and expanding cupcake grants until we feel it's safe to host something in person. If you would like your table fee refunded, please ask and we will start working on it, but allowing us to float the money definitely helps us as an organization. Take care and stay warm, Chris and the Cake Organizers. In March 2020, Cake Organizers voted unanimously to postpone our June 2020 Expo. We had completed our exhibitor, venue, and special guest selections for 2020, and even though we were heartbroken that public health circumstances necessitated a postponement, we proposed to delay until June of 2021. While we are encouraged that the state of Illinois has, as of this writing, administered COVID-19 vaccine doses to over 1 million people, non-essential vaccinations are not scheduled to begin until June 2021, with an estimated completion in December 2021. We do not have a clear predictive model of national or international vaccination schedules because we are unwilling to jeopardize the safety of our exhibitors, public guests, our volunteer staff, We have unanimously voted to delay the show again with a new proposed date of June 2022. If you are accepted, yada, 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 we're planning a virtual fest, etc. and so forth. So this seems to be how most shows are going to be going in the next coming months. A lot of us thought, surely, things will go back to quote-unquote normal and we'll be able to table events again in 2021. It's looking like that's not really the case. If anything at all, we'll be lucky to see shows in 2022, at the start of that year. In related, TCAF also made a similar statement about a week ago. They announced that they are planning to move everything over digitally, and if you would like to table digitally, you can rent a table. (laughs) A digital table Not a real one A digital table For $60 Oh
2: fuck Yeah uh, From what it seems like From what I saw It's like a a TCAF web store That you're gonna get into If
1: you pay them $60 You're paying $60 To be on a web store Yeah Let that sink in
2: Yeah I mean You guys are probably Paying for followers So this probably Isn't too far off (laughs) Right yeah (laughs) Who does that?
1: (laughs) Do we Do we legit know Anybody that does that? Uh you know,
2: I mean, I hate to harp on this guy, but uh, in the Discord, people were saying that they think Pisker might have bought his followers just based off his ratio of likes to followers. <laughs> but, you know, that I mean, I mean that was know. that was alleged, you right. know, discussion. We, there's no, I don't, right, no, no one's anything. claiming that yeah. that's
1: true. It's just allegedly something that might be happening.
2: Yeah, allegedly. So allegedly. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying the guy has 20,000 followers and gets eight likes on a tweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, something doesn't add up there. But yeah, again, allegedly, we don't, yeah. we don't know. Yeah,
2: I'm blocked, so I don't know. I'm just going off data that's presented to me. I don't, you know, I, I can't see right. it for myself.
1: Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about this? I, I mean, this the, is kind of big. The cake
2: thing is cool. You know, they're being transparent. They're offering refunds and saying, hey, you know, if you want to let us keep it, that would fucking help. I would rather you do that than the S- like SPX, you know, a month ago, the guilt trip email being like, if we don't keep these table fees, we're going to lose our deposit. Who fucking cares? I mean, that's your problem, not the fucking you know, like yeah,
1: that's why you have insurance on the venue. Yeah,
2: that's that's why you charge five hundred dollars for a fucking table. You know, like what the fuck are you doing with that money? But yeah, Yo,
1: call Bezos, have him fl- yeah, flip the Yeah,
2: Comixology, what's up? No, but yeah, so I, I, I like the transparency and cake statement that they're like, hey, you know, we'll refund you, but it would really help us if we're able to keep this. That's cool, right? I think that's awesome. As far as the TCAF shit, I mean, having to pay a table fee for a virtual fucking festival, I think that's lame as fuck.
1: That, you know what, to me, that reads as we live in Canada and the government actually gives us money. Yeah. So, you know, like outside of the context, yeah, sure, that's a dickhead move. But then you think about it within the context of Toronto and the rest of Canada, yeah, like I could see people throwing 60 bucks to be on an, a web show. I don't know. Man. To me, it
2: just seems like advertising, you know? It's like, oh, you're going to be in this spot that is like coveted in Premiere. It's like buying yeah. an ad during the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, that's all it really kind of yeah. I mean, comes off some, to is me. Some
1: people find value in that. So, I mean, whatever, but yeah, I, guess. I, I know my American ass yeah. isn't going to fucking do that because I can't afford it.
2: I'm not even gonna go to the TCAF website. Let me find out that you paid sixty dollars to table virtually. Oof. Let me find out. Yeah, I will Cam, fucking clown Cam will roast
1: you in the next. Let episode me find if you out. Tell him so. If you did, Let me keep it to yourself. Out. As a matter
2: of fact, I will go to TCAF. No, I'm gonna go to TCAF's website now. And everybody that I know, if Damn. I see your book on there, you're you're gonna be listed on the next episode. What if it's a distro? You know, regardless. That's a simp move to pay sixty dollars to TCAF (laughs) to fucking have your book in their little web store. Yeah,
1: fuck that. We, I mean, Gutter Boys should just have a fucking virtual show then. At that point,
2: if you want to pay ten dollars, I'll put your item in our big cartel. Yeah,
1: Gutter Boys Fest twenty twenty one, the first (laughs) annual Gutter Boys Fest.
2: Well, I mean, if TCAF hears this, we're gonna be banned from there, so we might have to start doing our own shows. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, so let us know what you think. You know, as always, you can contact us through email at gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com. I promise you, even if we don't respond to those, we do read them all. I'm trying to get better at that. This has been the first time at the Gutter Boys Kentucky headquarters that I felt like I had like a clerical position at the podcast. I feel like I'm having to manage the podcast with our Patreon and whatnot. So I'm going to try to get better at it. Cam, you're doing a great job. Uh, I, yeah. You know,
1: really appreciate everything that you've done for the show. No, no, not
2: saying that, but- uh, no. I'm being honest. I,
1: I'm not even. This yeah. isn't the. Yeah, I'm not. yeah i am not i am not doing that because you just brought it up. I'm just saying it's like, yeah, you've been doing yeah. great work, and uh, I would argue that we wouldn't be where we're at right now with our Patreon if it wasn't for your hustle. And so, speaking yeah. of that, that'll actually segue perfectly before we go into break. As you all know, our Patreon went live on the first of February. Now, some of you, some of you threw in even before February first, meaning you threw us cash knowing you weren't going to get anything in return. Yeah. And I believe that was about what? Like 13, 14 There was patrons? 13.
2: There was a baker's dozen of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, a baker's hey, dozen of you. big
1: shout out. Y'all are the real ones. We're going to try and plan something for y'all because that means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, well, not more importantly, but after it went live, baby, we got 48 patrons within yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. Which I know that uh,
2: just to show our our hand, JB and I talked about hitting a certain number on Patreon for us to keep doing it. And we have surpassed that number. And we I I honestly thought that it was going to take us a month or two if we would even hit it. So the overwhelming amount of you all that signed up and have chosen to give us money is honestly incredible very humbling. And it's it's really awesome to just know that uh, we have fans and supporters out there that are willing to, uh, you know, financially donate their own money. That's you know hard to come by at this point in time to us. So we hope not to let you down. We're going to start posting more digital content. Our first episode did come out with Evan Salazar. You should have gotten a preview episode as well in your normal podcast feed. I think we're going to do that. Drop a little previews for you all to try and get you all to sign up. But let us know what you think about the Patreon. That first episode is a little loose, not so comics oriented. Let us know if you want more content like that or if you want, you know, more comics talk, you know, we're doing that to give you all more content, you know, so.
1: Yes. And, you know, going in, Cam and myself, we really wanted those bonus episodes to be kind of loose, a little more informal Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of play it by ear, maybe not focus too much on comics since you're getting that already in the normal episodes. However... If you would like for us to continue that line of dialogue about comics and process and whatnot, we can do that too. It's up to you. You guys are paying us for this. So, you deserve some say in it, right? Yeah. So, hit us up, send us an email or DM us and let us know what you think. Or you can go into the Discord with the other mutants and let us know there what you think of uh, these bonus episodes and the Patreon in general. Mm -hmm. Either way, we really, really appreciate the support. It means a lot to us. Uh, Like Cam was saying, we did not expect to hit this number so early on. Uh, We'll see if we're able to retain that number, let alone push that number up. But at the end of the day, we're we're more focused just on providing a good show for you guys, right? Yeah.
2: So, whatever you all want, we want to make happen on these bonus episodes.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the show wouldn't continue the way it's continuing now without your support. So... Yeah. It, it is really appreciated and and we want your input about it. So, thank
2: you. And you know what's really funny is I put a poll up on Instagram about it and it's literally split down the middle on 16 votes. Sorry, 8 and 8. <laughs> Damn. So, well, we might have to do the half comic, half Well, we loose. can just do
1: one episode where we talk more in comics and another that's not so uh-huh. much. We can mix it up. I mean, we were going to mix it up anyway, to be honest with you. These episodes weren't all going to follow, you know, some specific path where we have to keep the subject matter limited. It's very much just like what we're feeling when we're recording. So, Mm -hmm. and some people respond to that positively. Some people don't really want that. We understand. We'll try to meet expectations or at least meet you halfway somehow since, you know, you are basically funding this now. So,
2: Yeah. But yeah. Speaking of funding, Gutter Gang Ventures, our uh, first shirt is no longer for sale, but we do want to shout out everybody that bought one. We should have that into the printer by the time the episode drops on Monday. So yeah, be on the lookout for those, uh, you know, like we kind of said on other episodes, you know global supply chains are kind of fucked up because of the pandemic. So, you know, we're expecting four to six weeks before we get those to you. But, you know, we definitely appreciate everybody that supported us and got one of those shirts as well.
1: Yes. And big shout out to Pablo Vigo for his amazing artwork that we used for the shirt. Yep. Uh, we also want to thank Elvac for their amazing print work. Uh, they basically do most, if not all, of the hard way stuff that that I oversee yep. with uh, my buddy Joe. So, uh, yeah, great, great people over there. I know they had a huge blizzard recently. So, Yeah. I mean, delays are going to happen, folks. If it's something that really bothers you and you want the shirt ASAP, just let us know. We can refund you or you know figure something out. But yeah, like Cam said, just keep that in mind. The printer's going to have to be dealing with a lot of problems because of COVID. And so that's going to lead to some delays potentially. But we will keep you informed. We're going to be as transparent as possible. We're not just going to take the money and run.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And plus, you all paid with PayPal, so you're protected anyway. Correct. All righty, before we go, just want to give a quick shout out to a previous guest and friend of the show, Katie Skelly. Katie has a new podcast called Thick Lines. It's hosted by Katie and cartoonist Sally Madden. Thick Lines looks at the aesthetics of independent comics with an eye towards fashion and beauty. You can find it on Spotify and SoundCloud. I am a little bit behind, but I listened to the first two, and uh, it's good stuff so
1: far. Katie's great. Uh, You should definitely check out that new podcast. Uh, Hopefully, we'll have her back on for a bonus episode. She does owe us a tarot reading last time I checked, so maybe maybe we can cash that in for a bonus episode.
2: In October, if our Patreon is still standing. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, uh, and then when we come back, we'll be joined by Jasper Jubinville, so stay tuned.
2: Pedos stay out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. Hey Gutter Gang, uh, we want to tell you about a webcomic that is also one of our Patreon supporters, Soggy Landing. Soggy Landing is an epic fantasy adventure about a weed wizard that stumbles into a gunpowder plot to smash the state. There's lots of cartoon animals, magic, historical, and literary references, drugs and flashbacks, songs, horror, gore, and the occult. Twice a week, there are new pages of Soggy Landing at Study Group Comics, and there are over 200 pages of frogs, bears, and revolution waiting for you right now. You can follow them on Instagram at welcome underscore two underscore soggy underscore landing or at ian densford soggy landing hell yeah dude we can't bust heads like we used to but we have our ways one trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere like the time i caught the ferry over to shelbyville i needed a new heel for my shoe so i decided to go to morganville which is what they call shelbyville in those days so I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Now, to take the ferry cost a nickel. And in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yes. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was the
1: style at the time. They didn't have any white onions because of the war. The only thing you could get was those big yellow ones.
2: The hell was that? Now, back to our program.
1: Welcome back from the break. We're virtually sitting with our guest all the way from uh, beautiful British Columbia, Canada, if I'm thinking correctly. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, next comic wonderkin, Jasper Jubinville. Jasper, how you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Good, good. Is that how you say it? Jubinville? Yeah, Jubinville. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's, uh used to be a little more French, but
0: my family dropped it.
2: What oh. was uh, the original French version?
0: I don't even really know how it sounds, but there was like a little E on it and... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's <that's> pretty cool. <laughs> there's a there's a whole... Oh, go no, ahead. No, go, go. No, no, no. I was no, just no, no. going to get into some family background about the why we dropped the E, but... I mean, yeah, I'm please do. do that please. please. Yeah. I I mean, there was some... It was like a love story or something about how two of the brothers wanted to marry this one girl, and then... I can't remember it exactly, but they got all pissed at each other, and one dropped the E, and then... Yeah. Damn, Damn so okay. So, you have
1: like
2: a whole like family that you're estranged from, in a way. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: There's a whole there's a whole side of Jubenville's with the E on their last name.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. That was, so gutter boys exclusive.
2: When, when did that happen? Oh, like back in like the 40s or something. Oh wow, that's crazy. Damn. Still somewhat recent though.
1: Yeah, old timey yeah. blood feuds, man. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. Pretty sick. So would that have been like your uncle, great uncle, or something?
0: Yeah, I'm not totally sure. I think it was like my grandpa's dad.
2: Okay. And his brother. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. So your great grandfather, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Alrighty. Well, um, if you're listening to the show, you probably are aware of who Jasper is. But if not, Jasper does his own comic Dynamite Diva. Issue number three just came out from uh, front of the show Strangers Fanzine. Jasper, you've been working on Diva for uh, what, a year, two years now, it seems? Yeah, it's been a year. I was going to put out issue three around November, which would be
0: its one year anniversary.
2: Well, and forgive me if I'm being ignorant, but I found you from Dynamite Diva. Were you doing, I know you were doing comics before from things you posted, like you were, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but you were doing like a newspaper strip when you were like a child. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing comics like forever, but
0: the Dynamite Diva was the one that kind of took off and I've had the most fun with it so far. So. So were you
2: making comics before Dynamite?
0: Yeah, I was. I I did a, a few like zine things and a mini comic before that, but, and then I did stuff before, but I just never printed it.
2: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because like, like I said, I, I was aware of, you know, who you were because of Dynamite Diva, and it seems like your posts kind of start with Dynamite Diva, so I didn't know if, you know, there was like a lot of older stuff. Yeah, she, she's been the one that's taken off. But yeah, you're 20 years old yeah, 20. and uh, working and putting out work that looks like a, a true veteran, if I must say so myself. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah, it's I've told you this before, but it's scary how good you are for how young you are. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I do want to talk about that, though. You were doing a uh, newspaper comic strip when you were like, what, eight years old or something crazy like that? Yeah, when I was 10. 10. How'd that happen? Well, I was just like drawing a lot of
0: comic stuff. And that's when I kind of found the newspaper strip stuff. And I was kind of I wanted to to do a newspaper strip. So I reached out to my local newspaper and asked them if they wanted to run a, a comic.
2: And they were just like, yes, there was like no, you know, uh, fighting it or anything like that. No, they didn't fight it at all. I mean, they, were, I think they probably pitied me a little bit because I was
0: a
1: little kid. <laughs> exactly. They're not going <laughs> to say no to a little kid sending yeah. in the comics. Yeah, Dude,
2: I don't know. Like to print it and give them like you know space in the paper. I feel like most of the time they'd be like, "Oh, this is nice." This Thank is you. Canada,
1: Cam. Keep that in mind. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. It's a little small town in Canada. So, how long were you doing that strip?
0: I was doing that for like a year. So I was in grade six, which is like elementary school. I was going to go into high school when I stopped, and I and I couldn't do it anymore because I just had too much homework. <laughs> <laughs> so, were you doing it
2: daily or weekly?
1: Oh my god,
2: I was I was doing it weekly. Weekly. So, you were in like the Sunday paper? Yeah. Damn. So, what was the strip about and what was it called? Well, the first
0: one, it was called Clayboy, and it was like just a total rip off of Plastic Man. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just like a superhero thing. And then I did like a vote where people could vote for the next story and that ended up being a Western story and that was whatever. And then I was on to the third story that was going to be like another superhero story, but I, I just gave up on that one.
2: So you actually had like a readership.
0: Yeah. I mean they were mostly- publishing
1: credit at like at the age of ten. <laughs> that's, that's fucking amazing. Syndicated.
0: Yeah. Syndicated in papers yeah, not. How many 10 people can claim that? I mean I guess, I guess. It, it
2: was like I used to put it on my resume and stuff. You still should? You,
1: yeah, it should be on your C V right now. Yeah, yeah. No, it still is,
2: I think. So like you were writing and drawing it? I know you were drawing it, but you were
0: writing it as well. Yeah, I was writing it, but I I mean I was basically just ripping off stuff that I was reading mm-hmm. or watching movies of. Yeah. Well,
1: to be fair, people three times your age at that time were doing the same thing, so. Yeah. I'm sure you well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I I don't think I really had a readership. It was just old ladies and people that would go to my dad's church and stuff. So it wasn't
1: Hell like yeah. I was. But yeah. You got to you got to get that senior citizen bag. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Did the other kids at your school know you were drawing the comics? Oh yeah, that was like the only thing I could brag about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's sick. So, when you're drawing these things, are you like on a tight deadline or is, is the paper like calling your house being like, where's the strip, Jasper? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it was nothing like that.
0: It, it would get more to the point where I would be like, I would just draw it all at once and do it all in like one night okay because was it I,
2: like a multiple panel or was it a single panel get strip or it, it was four panels and then sometimes okay. i would
0: sometimes i would do a like a 12 panel or whatever
2: do you still have all that stuff like the clippings and whatnot yeah i do hell yeah you gotta That's put it awesome. out bro. i, I yeah. want to yeah i want to collect it up
0: and put it into a little thing just so people can look at it but i haven't had the chance
2: do you like it or you like it's stuff you hate looking at
0: well i I don't hate it because it's like I was a 10-year-old, so it's uh-huh. just like
2: fun. Like it's, yeah, it's a fucking flex, bro.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think it's very good, but it was just me having fun as a little kid, so yeah. I'm not going to be too hard on myself. That's pretty sick. Do you still have a relationship with that paper? Would you go back to syndicating there? Well, it's a, it's a pretty small paper and, uh, no, actually
2: the editor died.
1: <laughs> oh no. Oh. So. Damn.
2: Yeah. I can't go back. The, the new regime comes in they're like, we can finally get this kid off the fucking paper rope.
1: <laughs> no more 10 year olds.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to interfere with my school anymore. No, that's fair.
1: Yeah. Gotta get your education.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was a good flex
2: at the time. It yeah, still is. So.
1: Yeah. It still is. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: I guess. So you said you made a couple minis, and then eventually you found your way, kind of, with Dynamite Diva. Is Dynamite Diva just going to be your focus? Is this going to be your character from here on out? Or are you planning on, you know, eventually doing something else? Well, no. I mean, I think I'll move on to other things
0: eventually. Yeah. But I, I do like the idea of of having a character that I can just keep working with. But yeah, I, the- I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like go until it's run into the ground or something. I want to have a good point where I can cut it off eventually.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so what were the initial seeds for dynamite diva
0: uh i mean at the time i was just watching a lot of like exploitation films and i was really digging it and i was like okay i wanna well i mean where it really came from is i was writing a comic but i just didn't feel like i had the writing chops for it so Mm -hmm. i kind of i kind of dropped it and then i was like i'm gonna do something that i can just kind of have fun with and express what i like about comics so, I was watching all these exploitation films and I was like, I'll follow that kind of vein and make a, a kind of comic badass girl character like in those exploitation films and right. I can do whatever I want with her.
1: And there seems to be like a lot of influences from those uh, those early Dick Tracy strips.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dick Tracy was big for me, especially around the time I got into the newspaper strip when I was 10. Mm-hmm. That was like what I was reading at that time and it's just kind of stuck with me. It's been a, a constant inspiration in f- it's in. it's been a part of my style for a while.
2: I mean, I want to kind of ask about that because, I mean, you're 20, so 10 years ago, you were doing a strip. You would That would have been I guess, what, uh, 2011. So, you were reading Dick yeah. Tracy comics in 2011, which, like, comics are already a harder sell to kids, but, like, how are you getting Dick Tracy at 10 years old? Yeah. You know, like, you yeah, know, how it, did you come across that? It, it was, um, my dad, he had a bookshelf, and uh, he had
0: uh, some comics at the bottom. He was kind of into comics, and, uh, mm. He, I, I, uh, I picked up the uh, 1990s Dick Tracy movie comics that Kyle oh, Baker Oh hell yeah, we talk about yeah. that shit a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah that
0: shit rocks. Yeah, that was that was the introduction. Kyle Baker was like really freaking cool, and I was just into that whole like gangster scene kind of thing. And then a, a little bit later, I was like kind of looking into Dick Tracy as a character and realized that it was an old strip. So I just kind of got more fascinated with that and ended up getting some of the big hard copy books.
2: Okay. That was like the older Chester Gould stuff you're talking about, right? That you were yeah. getting into? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Chester Gould stuff. Yeah. Cause that shit rocks. And there's definitely, you know, you definitely show the influence of those strips and Dynamite Diva. Like we were kind of alluding to, do you feel like Dynamite Diva is almost an homage to that? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I, like, I didn't know if you viewed it that way. Well, I,
0: yeah, I don't even know if like I do it, do it subconsciously. Like it just kind of happens. It's just because it's that was like the only comic I was reading and really paying attention to as a kid that it informed me so much as I've grown up that it's just his style has become part of my style almost. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so so Dynamite Diva is definitely in that category of, you know, a one kind of character adventure kind of thing.
2: If you end up uh, doing CXC one day and you go to the Billy Ireland, they have uh, Chester Gould's drawing desk on display. Oh, that would be so awesome. Yeah. You're not supposed to touch it, but I touched it. Just, just you did know. you?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, now I mean, it's no, like right Cam. there.
2: Yeah. Like it's it's literally like, it's like, don't touch. And I'm just like, fuck this. You know, and you just I just whipped I your the dick desk. and
1: started rubbing it. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, this dude the table. <laughs> <laughs> jerked no,
2: no. off into the inkwell. I, I would definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Be like, don't touch and kick me out. Like, okay, sorry.
1: Yeah. It's like Highlander, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of decapitating the guy, you just rub your dick on them. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you said that your dad was into comics. Does he? Re- Do your parents read your stuff? Yeah, my dad was kind of into
0: comics. He was. He just like would collect those shitty Flash comics from the '80s and stuff, but. Mm -hmm. yeah no my parents will read it my grandparents not so much they're not super into it because it's a it's a little more on the cuff like with violence and nudity
2: and stuff yeah i was about to ask like does that feel weird your parents like reading you know kind of sexy comics that you do no i i mean it did when i was younger like in high school but i i got (laughs) over it i was like you know what
0: i'm gonna draw what i want i don't care
2: yeah, because I mean, you lean into it and, and it's not a bad thing at all. But I mean, like part of like Diva's appeal is she's, you know, presented as like this sexy oh, killer, yeah. you know? Yeah, so- yeah, for sure. No,
0: my, my parents are totally cool with it. They're pretty supportive and good that way. But my grandparents are, they don't collect my books at all. Yeah. <laughs> My one, my one uh, grandparents—they're probably gonna watch this. So, but, but uh, my one grandparents—they, uh, they were reading the story I did for Strangers, and it's got like a few swear words, and and I was just
2: watching the cringe on my grandpa's face as he was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the Daredevil story you did for Strangers? Yeah, the Daredevil story. Yeah, that was so sick. You are being published by Strangers now. Well, Dynamite Diva 3 just came out, but aren't you doing a Dynamite Diva book? Isn't that what's next on your plate as far yeah. as Dynamite Diva is concerned? Yeah, the book's going to come up. Yeah, Strangers, I,
0: I just reached out to Eddie and was like, hey, uh, I want to print the next Diva book at a bigger size, 8.5 by 11, so like magazine size. And I know that's what he printed at. So I was like, do you want to print Diva? And I'm not going to say that I started him doing the publishing but i think i got the little wheels turning maybe
2: (laughs) you hear that eddie yeah (laughs) there you go yeah so jasper's is responsible for strangers uh publishing which thank you because i think me and eddie are about to uh reissue a book so uh thanks to jasper for starting that well no no, i'm I'm (laughs)
0: not saying thanks to me it's (laughs) i but i did i did i did reach out to him so yeah when well was... and i
2: think it was like the first one that dropped right you and that i forget the other guy he does the sober comic. yeah um, yeah
0: jared cody wolf yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah Yeah. we both we both dropped around the same time same yeah you guys were the inaugural releases and now strangers seems to be kind of rolling and doing drops all the time now which is yeah, cool he's doing crazy like yeah and he's doing good work
0: yeah no he is it's It's really helpful because that was like the biggest thing that I hated about it was was printing the comics and sending it out. And Eddie's doing that all now for me, which is just awesome.
2: Well, yeah. And I I actually got Dynamite Divas 1 and 2 directly from you. So, you were printing that at home? Yeah, printing them at home just on my... LaserJet, jet but... nice so how many copies were you doing like that because i mean like a strangers wasn't until recently so you were doing that for i guess like a whole year packing and shipping your own orders yeah 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 i i think i did like 400
0: or something of diva one and two like 400 each and it was just it was too much that's crazy did you print them all at once yeah well no not at all not at all at once i would i would do it like when people would order but it just, it was eating through my ink and it it was becoming really expensive to just use my home printer.
2: Right. So, I mean, it's definitely like a whole different ballgame when you're like uh, publishing with someone else. Are you able to talk about what you're doing for the book? Is it that far along yet? Oh, yeah. The book is
0: pretty much close to being done. I mean, kind of. Yeah, I've got, so basically I'll be collecting issue one, two, and three, and I'm going to color it. And then I've got just every diva drawing that I've done, and then I've got the diva comics that I've done for other anthologies. Like I did the the Zine Panic, so the French one, and there will be some other ones. And then just everything diva that I've done, I'm going to put into the book. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be like this big one year collection of all the diva stuff.
2: Are you publishing that yourself, or do you have a publisher that's doing that for you? Yeah, these guys called the they're called the Cope
0: Brothers. They do uh, dino beasts. And they're not exactly publishers, but they they're trying to to open kind of like a publishing label. And they have their books are printed on really, really nice quality. So they reached out to me and they said we should do a diva collection. And I was nice. I was like, yeah, let's do it. But I'll also kind of be probably working with Eddie a bit. And we'll probably run a Kickstarter. And so what was the dino thing you just mentioned? So they, they make a comic. There are these two brothers, and one of them writes and the other one draws, and they have this book called Dino Beasts. Oh, Dino Beast. Okay, gotcha. Dino Beast, yeah. It's a comic. Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of like a He Man kind of thing, but with dinosaurs. What's the artist's name? I get them confused John Coates and James Coates.
2: Oh, okay. I follow them, I think. Yeah.
0: I can't yeah. remember which one's the writer, which
2: one's the artist. I know that's really bad. But. <laughs> <laughs> One of them. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, when is that, ex- are you dropping that at the end of the year? Probably kind of in the springtime. Nice, nice. I've basically
0: done everything that I need to do for it. I just am making some extra stuff now, like a few extra comics for it to make it a little more exclusive.
2: Okay. With you being based in British Columbia, there's a pretty cool comic scene in Toronto. What's it like there where you're at? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, because of COVID,
0: I haven't been able to like really get out and meet with the comic scene or because- You're going to be
2: a celebrity by the time you get out, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, You're (laughs) going to have lines. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Don't forget us.
2: Yeah. I'm going to come up.
0: I'm going to cut your line. You better talk to me. I'm never going to forget the Gutter Gang.
1: Mm-hmm. Could you sign my feet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah, yeah, maybe. But right. um, no, Vancouver scene. It's it seems pretty cool. I've been in contact with like a few dudes around here and stuff, and there's some cool people. And I have a little studio downtown, so I've it's shared with a few other artists, and I've kind of met with them a bit, and it's pretty fun. But it'll be better once I can actually get to shows and all that that fun stuff.
2: Hell yeah. So are you planning on doing any shows this year? I know that some are kind of creeping up at the end of the year. Do you have any plans to do anything this year?
0: Yeah, I was going to do VanCalf, so the Vancouver comic show, but it got got shut down. I was all signed up and stuff. Then COVID hit. Uh, They're saving my spot for the next year. Okay, that's cool. But yeah, as far as like other shows going down, you know, I'd want to go down to Seattle and stuff, but uh that just the boaters are closed right now and stuff, so I can't even you know, it's not even on it's not even on my plate right now. But hopefully one day.
2: Yeah. Did you all see that TCAF was going virtual and it's like a week long? Yeah, I did see that. But yeah. I I don't know how I don't know how that's gonna go. There's a apparently. table fee too. Yeah, there's a table fee, and apparently what it is is it's just like access to an online store with all the exhibitors. It's like, bro, yeah, what the no. Fuck? yeah, no, that's shitty. I wouldn't Yeah, I wouldn't be a part of that. Totally. Yeah, I wouldn't be into it either.
0: They they were going to do a, a digital thing here for the Van Calf, but I, I opted out. I was like, yeah, no, just save my place for next year.
2: Yeah, might as well. I mean, because next year, surely with the vaccine and everything, I, I would like to think. <laughs>
1: surely. <laughs> There's surely no way that we could keep this up for another year, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it, in Canada, it might be better, right? COVID is is a little better here, but still, I think we're maybe a little more careful. I don't know. So, we're all still shut down. But yeah,
2: I don't think the numbers are quite as bad. Yeah, you guys seem to be a little more on top of it.
0: Yeah, I think we are a little more on top of
2: it. But still, I mean, we're not going out or anything. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we'll uh, all bump into each other in 2022. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll see how Um, it goes. Yeah. So, you kind of touched on the fact that you... Probably want to move on to other projects after Dynamite Diva. Yeah. Any kind of ideas to what that might be, what you've been interested in, what you see yourself working on in the future?
0: I don't know what I would necessarily do because my headspace is still in Dynamite Diva. Right. But I mean, I, I would definitely want to do something that's a little more story driven, not, not as much. I mean, I feel like Dynamite Diva, it's got a story, but it, you know, it focuses on... Um, it's, it's, not, it's kind of just a loose story.
1: Right, something that's not maybe intentionally serialized like that.
0: Yeah, like a I, I, more put together ongoing narrative, definitely. But I still don't feel like I have the right the writing chops for
1: it yet. So, for writing these scripts, what was that process like when you first started out? You know, like did you have any frame of reference before you worked on these books? No, I I,
0: I just I would just kind of go right for it. Okay, I would just kind of go right in, and I mean that's still kind of what I do, but. Uh, I'll just pencil out each page and and I won't, I won't even know how the story will end at the time.
2: Oh, so you're going in like that blind, like you don't even know how you're yeah, going to no. end anything. Yeah, Hell, no, yeah,
0: I I didn't know how I was going to finish up Diva at uh, Diva 3 at um when I started. So, you just kind of have an idea and just work it out on the page? Yeah, and it keeps it a little more fun then for me like I can figure it out as I go too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty relatable. That's almost that's almost in the same way that I work when, you know, quote-unquote writing. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I work it out through thumbnails, like yeah. no script. Yeah. I, I want to get, I want to get behind that a bit more, but I, yeah, I just haven't yet. I mean, you've been doing comics. I mean, God, half your life at this point, probably longer than that. If you started being serialized at ten, but I mean, like you've been <laughs> in it.
1: You've been in it longer than most people. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, so I, guess. I mean, like, and I mean, not to air your family business, but your brothers are also artists as well. Yeah, my brother. Yeah. Don't you have two brothers, right? Are they both into art? No, I have one brother and then one sister, but she's not
1: so much. Damn, Cam's making oh, okay, fake okay. news live yes. podcast. Somebody told me.
2: Somebody told fake me fake news. Older bro- you had an older brother that was an animator. It may have been Pettinger. No, Josh that's, lying that's, in the Discord.
1: Well, that would never happen. It,
2: it may not have been Pettinger, but it just seems like a Josh thing to say. So I could have gotten work there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's not true. Well, My I did brother. follow your your brother on Instagram, and he's incredible as well. Yeah, he is crazy. I mean, with you all both being artists, like what's the dynamic like there? Were you all helping each other out? Were you guys not getting along growing up? I mean, <laughs> well, no, no, we're pretty close. Me and my
0: brother, um, he's two years younger than me and, um, we're a lot similar in our uh, interests and that kind of thing. So we do always kind of get along, but, uh, he's taking, I guess, a little bit of a different path. He's not so much into the comics. He'll do a lot more of like painting and, and that kind of thing. But I mean, he's just crazy good at it and.
1: Maybe you'll be the next Kurt Ankeny.
2: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, maybe.
1: (laughs) Kurt, watch your back. Yeah. coming for
2: you. Jasper's coming for us. Levi, his name's Levi, right? Yeah, Levi. Levi, Levi's coming for you. Now, do you think you're a lifer with comics at this point, or do you want to move into different directions with art? I mean, I'd be down
0: to move into different directions with art. I I just, I think comics are where my heart lies, probably. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. So are you reading any like modern stuff? I know no, you're
0: No, <laughs> no, not at all. Unless like uh new little zines and stuff that people will put out, but like rodeo and and that kind of thing, but nothing nothing too modern. So Hell you're yeah. mostly
1: just consuming like small press stuff on yeah. like a uh... yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, the small press stuff and then I'll 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 read a lot of the, um, I've just started rereading all the Dick Tracy.
2: so. Yeah, didn't you blow your stimulus check on Dick Tracy books? Yes, yeah. I did,
0: I did. And we, we got a ton of money here in Canada and I have spent a lot of it. Hell yeah. Hey, you guys get
1: quite a bit a month, right?
0: Yeah, it was like $2,000 a month. That's crazy. Fuck off. Yeah. God, this yeah. country
1: fucking sucks. Yeah, it does. God damn it. I'm going to come move to Canada. I mean, I know we talk about this all the time on the show, but like, Jesus fucking Christ.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was,
1: it was pretty
0: intense.
2: Well, and Canada cares about the arts. Have you gotten any or looked into any of those like art grants up there? Because they just love to give money to artists up there, it seems... They do. They do. I've kind of looked into it. I've looked into
0: it a little bit for the book I'm going to put out. Mm-hmm. When I got the studio space, there's a guy in there, uh, Sean Caremaker, and he works with Conundrum Press. Okay. And he, yeah, he was telling me about it. He got a like a $10,000 grant, just like Ooh. easy- yeah, easy peasy for his next book. So
1: damn. Yeah. So, are y'all yeah. taking
0: citizens up there? Uh... <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, you guys could probably sneak in. I don't think it'd be that hard. Yeah. We're, 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 I'll keep you in. I'll keep you in my house.
1: Hell yeah! Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's so sweet.
2: Yeah. No. So. So I. I'm looking into it a little bit. Nice. Yeah, take advantage of that stuff because, you know, we don't have it here, but it would be great if we did. But yeah, if you can get the government to pay for your comics, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not even to like brag, but I think the
0: Sean was saying like he got a 20,000 grant for his last book and they didn't even tax it or anything. So, he didn't use it all. So, he just got to keep a bunch of that money.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty intense. All right. So, we got a bunch of listener questions. Uh, So, let's go ahead and get into that.
2: And as always, if you want to participate with us here on the show and ask JB and I or our guest questions, you can always write to us at gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at gutterboyspod. We usually put up questionnaires on our social media stories to where you can send us questions directly that way, or you can DM us if you want to as well. As far as the first question is concerned, though, let's see here. All right. So first question came from Michael underscore Falotico underscore art. How the hell do you draw so much, you prolific bastard? So uh, I guess talk a little bit about like what your schedule looks like, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think people think that I get a lot done.
0: But I was working in a sheet metal shop. So I saved up some money to get a printer and stuff. And then I I just quit. So I'm I'm just working at, at home all the time on it. So I'm not like, you know, I'm not like cramming in time or working super late or anything. It's just been the past year sitting at home
2: and drawing. Do you set a schedule for yourself or are you just like, I'm going to finish this page today?
0: Yeah, I try to I try to do like, I think it averages about out oh, to oh, like maybe 12 hours a day.
2: Oh, okay. I'm sitting there actually drawing. Damn. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. Are you drawing like five, six, seven days a week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every day. Every day of the week. Every day. Don't take a day off? Well, I'll
0: take the weekend off a bit, but okay. that's sometimes I'll just be like, got to get some stuff done. Yeah. So yeah, hell yeah.
1: Okay, next question is from Instagram user Ian Densford. What's up, Ian? He asks, Jasper likes to draw tiny. Me too. I like one-to-one stuff. No resizing for print. Y'all agree?
0: Yes, I do like to draw tiny. I don't know. I just, I'm too scared to work big. That's the way I feel about it.
1: How big are you drawing in terms of like paper size?
0: It kind of depends on the project. For the Diva 3, I was just drawing... I'm really bad with computers and stuff, and uh, arranging on the page, so I'll just That's draw. That's illegal.
1: You're not allowed to be bad at computers if you're a Zoomer. No, I know, I know,
0: but I don't, I never got a hang of it. We had classes on it and stuff, like how to type fast, and but I just never got a hang of it. Huh. But uh, yeah, so I'm working out of the size that I'll actually be printing the thing at, so I did uh, Diva 3 I just drew it at 85 by 11 and I mean, I was just, I was just working on a, a mini comic for the little resin toy that I was putting yeah. out yeah. and I, I was drawing that comic at like four by five inches or something. Oh, wow. So like really small. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, so it, are
1: you? I mean, are you using like microns on that or what are you doing to, to get that small?
0: I'm basically just using the 102 nib pen. Okay. Yeah. I don't like the, the microns all that much, but sometimes.
1: Yeah. I think microns are overrated.
0: Oh, it's so overrated. Uh, yeah, I, I don't use that stuff at all. I have a ton of them that I just I never use.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're good for practice or whatever, but yeah. No, I, 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 would, uh, yeah.
0: I would never do a final thing with microns.
1: Yeah, yeah, same, exact same. It's just like the ink isn't even opaque. What's the point of that?
0: Oh, the ink is like is like clear garbage. Almost. Yeah, I yeah. know it's garbage. I never Dang. use that stuff.
1: I do like Coptics, though.
0: Yeah, I've never used those, but I've heard they're good.
1: They're pretty similar to microns in terms of like sizes, but... I don't know. I just prefer them. They're, they're better ink and, and they don't run out as quickly and the nibs don't turn to dog shit within two minutes. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got onto the, the actual metal nibs just from wanting to try to do the old style thing.
1: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: And and I just am stuck with it.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how the pros do it. So, makes sense.
0: I mean, it's probably just whatever you feel comfortable with. You can make some cool yeah. stuff with lots of... Yeah.
1: But I mean, it definitely makes sense in terms of like your point of reference, like yeah, yeah, you know what what you're being inspired by. Most of that work, if if all of it, I mean, yeah, all of it's done by nib. So
2: oh yeah, for sure, it it falls in line with the vibe.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, that's really small. I usually work at the same size every time. If I'm doing on physical paper, I'm nine by twelve, but I do a eight by ten working area. And uh, same thing if I'm working digitally, I set the digital canvas at not nine by twelve as well. I mean, I need to get better at doing that. I, I I get so anxious when I work too big. I
0: screw up too much. I just am more comfortable yeah. going
2: really small. You're in more control when it's smaller. I feel like. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I I'm the opposite. I do not like working small. Really. It first. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not able to uh, really control that line the same way that I could on you know 11 by 17.
0: Yeah, I get that. That that will happen to me sometimes, too. And I'll be like, this would be this would look so much better if I was doing it big. But
1: yeah, I think a lot of the problem is, too, is just how I work. It almost becomes illegible to a certain degree if I'm working that size. Uh, And then I have to simplify everything to the point where I don't know, it just almost looks like a thumb than an actual fully rendered drawing. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah, no, I get that. Cam, you got the next question?
2: Yeah, let me pull it back up. Alrighty, friend of the show, Maddie Morgan Freeman's earring on Instagram asked, "Who's the top, you or Nate?"
1: Oh mm, man, good question. Good question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Nate Garcia, uh, other child prodigy <laughs> in comics. I would like to say that I'm the top, but in all
0: reality, Nate is probably the top.
2: Oh damn, Nate if damn. we're talking,
0: if we're talking in the context that I'm thinking, we're talking. In-
1: Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah I would
0: like. To, I'd like to say in the top, but I think Nate is.
1: Instagram user K. Caraballo, uh, what up? You, you Past guests in front of the show. What's up, Kalani? Kalani asks if I drop an Ed Pisker diss track, will you play it on your show? So I'm gonna guess that's for. Me and you, Cam and I. Yeah, it's not for me. No, it's not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can, you can play it anytime you want, man.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be playing it all the time till I drop, like <laughs> probably. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> learn every word. Yeah, Kalani, we'll drop, the, we'll drop it if you if you yeah. make it, we'll drop it.
1: Absolutely, yeah, we'll use the hell out of that thing.
2: Be, uh, what was the Funk Master Flex? Where did you get this one? We'll put that fucking sound effect on it. <laughs> 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 you, you gotta make it a Patreon
0: exclusive. Oh yeah, yeah, That'd be great, yeah,
2: actually. Alrighty. Next question came from Joshua of Grand Rapids. Uh, on Instagram, Josh said, I love when Bill Sinkevich inks over other artists. Seeing distinct but simpatico styles have a kind of dialogue is always great. Would Jasper ever consider inking over Levi or having someone like Hydro ink over him? Likewise, have Cam and JB ever thought of doing stuff like that either with each other or respectively with other parties? Jasper, I guess to make this more of a broad question, have you ever thought about like inking someone else's work or having someone else ink you? Sure. I mean, I've thought about inking uh,
0: other people's work. I did uh, for Bubbles, I did the header for this old Outlaw comic, New Beginning. And I can't remember the guy who made it what his name was, but he was going to put out another issue and the pencils were done like in the 80s. And I was kind of talking about it and wanting to actually ink over it. But I don't don't know if that's going to happen. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. But uh, as far as someone else inking over me, sure. I mean, it would be cool, I'm sure. But I uh, I don't pencil very much. I'm very loose with my pencil, so I don't know if I could really translate it very well. That could
1: well. be interesting though.
0: It could be, but I, I'm talking like really loose. Like, like I, I, I hardly pencil.
1: I mean, I, I've inked over Alexis Siritz's stuff. His pencils are extremely loose. So, okay. hmm. I mean, I think yeah. it's possible. You just yeah, need to cool. find somebody that, you know, could navigate that.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'm sure my brother would be very good at it. But yeah, that'd be cool.
2: Hell yeah. I guess. So, JB, you kind of answered it there that you have inked someone else. Do you want somebody else inking you, though?
1: I mean, that's happened before just for fun. Like me and Aaron Connolly would do that at shows or, you know, if, if I took a trip down to Florida and I was hanging out with him, we would do that sometimes. So yeah, I've had it happen. Not like a full comic though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be kind of interested in doing that if the right project came and, you know, if the right artist was presented, it, it would be fun. I think I'm probably going to be doing something similar to that soon for my uh, friend of the show, uh, Jesse DeStasio. He has a toy line that also has a, a mini comic that goes along with it. And he's been doing a couple of different ones for his uh, toy line called Toy Pizza. Well, the toy line is not called Toy Pizza. It all falls under his like uh, small art toys kind of label, I guess you could say called Toy Pizza. Mm -hmm. And so they have these line of figures that they've been producing and they all have like switchable parts. So you can swap out things and change the costumes or change like accessories and arms and legs and heads and whatnot. And there's all kinds of different parts that you can do that with. So that allows him to have this almost endless sandbox of uh, potential stories and characters and stuff. And then from there, he kind of fleshes out stories. And so the next project that they presented to me was, that was actually the guy that hired me to do the mofos thing that I talked about, but he's hiring me to ink their, I guess, issue number five for an ongoing series he's been working on. So that'll be my first time just straight up inking someone else's pencils. I'm very interested to see how that goes because I've never done that for a whole story. I think it's like 12 pages. So we'll, we'll see, I guess.
0: That sounds sick. I, yeah. I think I've heard of the uh, toy pizza. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah, Jess is a great dude and they make uh, really interesting toys. So
0: yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: definitely. I'm a big toy fan. So it's, oh, yeah, it's always totally. nice to do that.
0: Yeah, me too. It's always fun to get a cool toy uh, related thing.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm super jealous that you got a Dynamite Diva minifigure. That is something that I've been wanting to do to coincide with a comic for a while now. So
0: Yeah, that just totally happened to the blue. I just saw the guy on Instagram and saw that he makes these little toys. And I'm like, hey, how much would you pay or how much would it cost to make a toy? Because I was trying so hard for so long to make my own, but it just wasn't turning out.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, making toys from scratch like that is no easy task. You got to know how to, not just know how to sculpt, you also have to know how to cast and mold yeah. using, you know, silicone and resin, and that has its own learning curve.
0: Oh, it's the biggest pain in the ass. Don't try it. <laughs> yeah, it it's the it, biggest it pain it's, in the ass.
1: It's, uh, yeah. And it's a lot of money too. Oh, it's so expensive. It's so yeah. expensive. Ugh.
0: But yeah, no, it was pretty fun to,
1: to do that. Toys are awesome. Hell Yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a toy segment at some point that no one will listen to. Yeah. <laughs> <that's>... Patreon
2: exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> and have a card segment.
0: Oh,
1: there yeah, you go. Yeah. Cards. We should have Carly on and, and do cards. Yeah.
2: Well, Carly will be on soon.
1: There you go. Okay. Yeah. So Instagram user Chuton with a bunch of underscores.
2: Yeah. C-H-U-T-O-N.
1: We already answered this question. They ask, uh, what's the size of his original pages and does he plan his stories ahead or is it improvisation? So we already, we already got that. Yeah. Next question is from Speak of the Devil, Nate Garcia Cartoons on Instagram. He asks, favorite cereal box character? Mm. Okay.
0: Well, that is super easy. Tony the Tiger.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Tony okay. the Tiger, especially the early stuff. It's just, it looks so good.
2: I, uh, I'm a fan of the uh, monsters, Count Chocula, Berry, and Frankenberry. That's um, true. I oh, yeah. That's true. I guess They're pretty good. Frankenberry's probably my favorite out of the three. Yeah, Frankenberry's probably the best. The Honey Smacks frog, he might be racist now. Uh, I don't know if that's a character or not, but <laughs> he looked cool.
1: <laughs> How is that racist? I don't
2: know. Like, it's like I get like WB frog vibes from him. So, like, it wasn't the WB frog considered racist?
1: I mean, if we're going by that, then all... All frogs are racist. All pre- and post-war cartoons are racist. Oh, okay.
2: Well, yeah. Edit out where I said that... Uh, The uh, Honey Smacks guy was racist, because I don't know for sure. We're leaving that baby in. That's a hot take. (laughs) That is a hot take. Leave it (laughs) in. (laughs) What about you?
1: Man, yeah. I I don't know if I have a favorite cereal mascot now that I think about it. I mean, I do love Cap'n Crunch, but Mm -hmm. that's just because that was my favorite cereal growing up. Yeah, that's good
2: shit. Yeah, that's solid. Tony the Tiger is a good choice, honestly.
1: Yeah, Tony's the classic one, for sure.
2: Yeah, The Froot Loops toucan. Yeah, he was cool. No, that
1: bitch sucks.
2: <laughs> <him>. Two can Sam. <laughs> 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 Fucking
1: bitch ass bird. No, get that t- out of here.
2: Toucan t- Sam. <laughs> there were the uh three <laughs> Rice Krispie brothers.
1: Nope, nope, they suck too.
2: Yeah, they kind of What was the Cinnamon Toast? Was he a baker? Cinnamon Toast Crunch Guy? Was he a baker, I think?
1: Oh, uh, you know what? It's the that weird, like, furby looking honeycombs guy that replaced the frog, or no, didn't replace the frog, but there was
2: like the one who looked like he was on crack, if... he was like CGI, it was like a face. Yeah. With <laughs> a... <laughs> oh, the CGI ones are insane! Was,
1: yeah, the late 90s or early 2000s commercials with uh, that little CGI freak, yeah, and, the honeycomb and... oh, crackhead. Geez. yep, yep, I'll go with him.
2: Yeah, that was cool. Hell yeah, okay, yeah, beast. All righty. Uh, next question came from. Instagram user more underscore chairs why dick Tracy why what Dick that means. Tracy yeah I don't know it's what I just latched on
0: when I was young and really rolled with it and it's yeah. pretty it's awesome w- art it's it's a fun uh, yeah I mean the the art specifically is very interesting because it just pretty pathetic in the beginning and then it it he just becomes very design conscious Chester gold and it so maybe that's why I don't know I don't really know why. I just caught on to it when I was young and have stuck with it.
1: I mean, you can't really go wrong with gold. No. Honestly. No, you can't. You know, like...
0: I mean, he's, he's just got that design skill that's... Like, his blacks are perfect. His whites are perfectly balanced. It's like... Yeah. I don't know. It's just... It's very appealing and very... Yeah, yeah.
1: no one can draw a profile like him.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, the characters are just so fun. It's just like... I don't know. The only thing that's not to like would be the whole fact that Dick Tracy is like a total asshole
1: right yeah he's just (laughs) yeah he's just a dickhead cop
0: he's just a huge piece of shit but other than that i mean the art's fantastic
1: yeah and i don't i mean even when i was a kid i wasn't a huge fan of dick tracy because of dick tracy i just loved the rogues gallery
2: yeah for sure for sure yeah they're they're so cool they're just so fucking wild
1: yeah
0: yeah no dick tracy's like the all-american perfect cop like i've been reading some of the old stuff and he's like conditionalizing this little kid into becoming a cop just like him and like i don't know it's it's pretty messed up stuff
1: Yeah, and he just, like, straight-up kills people without any regard for anything. (laughs) He does not give a shit. And a lot
0: of the time, not even for a reason. Like, the person will be, like, just straight-up turning themselves in, and he'll just shoot them, like, seven times with a Tommy gun, like, (laughs) through the dick or something.
1: Justice has been so But it it makes it kind of fun. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, you know, reading Dick Tracy because... Yeah, Yeah, no, no. That way of consuming media does not make sense to me anyway, so...
0: Yeah, no, not at all. It's, I mean, it's always like, oh, how's he going to die this time?
1: Right. Sorry, Tracy, you canceled, sis. Yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, he would be. He would be.
1: All right. Next question is from Instagram user t.uwu. She asks, who is the worst artist on earth? Now, I'm going to assume that question means comic artist, because otherwise, you know, that's just too broad. Otherwise, it's Amanda Palmer. We'll just stick to comic. (laughs) Yeah, so Jasper, who do you think is the worst artist on earth? Kill <laughs> your that's...
2: career it starts, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs>
2: this, yeah, this is
0: a, a heated question. Just say somebody who's dead. Uh, but I, I can't think of anyone who's dead who I don't like. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll say Chris Ware mm. only because of his status. Because I don't know. That's all I can think of at the moment. And I just think he's like totally overrated and I don't like his art at all.
1: I like that it's like coming from a very honest hater perspective yeah <laughs> yeah no <laughs> you know it's not even like oh i think his you know a stylistic approach is no it's just like i just don't like he's famous i just don't like that yeah and no. the <laughs> best
2: part about it is you're a zoomer so like if any of these old head-ass motherfuckers have uh you know problems with you you know well it just like, doesn't resonate just with you on them. yeah, yeah. Get, get on my level I- right right I know. They're just up. out of touch and old, yeah.
0: Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> Get on TikTok and start beef. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris Ware. Chris Ware's not nowhere on TikTok. You'll never see him there. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a coward. Yeah, he's a, yeah. Probably Chris Ware. <laughs> I don't know. I could probably think of a better answer,
1: but I just uh I don't know. He kind of bothers me. Yeah. Interesting. I mean we're we're big fans of Ware, but I, I can understand. It's okay,
2: that. yeah. I mean, if you don't want to look at a comic that looks like a diagram or a graph, you know, I feel yeah. that.
1: I mean, I don't yeah. hate him, but uh, yeah. that's just the answer I can think of right now. Hmm, will this character be sad? Yeah. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, one yeah. or two
0: teardrops. <laughs>
2: I, yeah. I've never actually read <laughs> any of his stuff, but I just—it's I, better to look at than read, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't. So, feel if you that, don't like it from looking at it, I don't. I wouldn't suggest reading it. Yeah, I don't know. There's—I feel like there's a lot of artists that I. Okay, I'm going to sound like an asshole, but I feel
0: like there's a lot of artists that I just don't like. But uh, uh-huh. I don't know. That's the one I can think of right now.
2: Hell yeah. Who do you hate, JB?
1: I mean we know the answer to that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we've literally built an entire fucking <laughs> you know, series of episodes just based on that.
2: Oh well yeah, that's the easy one, is Ed, but Yeah. Ed Pisker and yeah. Nathan Pyle. Yeah. Next question. No <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so next question came from Instagram user Day underscore Day underscore Mon. Day Day Mon. Has he read a lot of pulp novels? Pulp novels? Yeah. No, I haven't read any pulp novels. You should You should read Raymond Chandler, man. I think that's the... Yeah, I've heard he's good. I've heard he's good. Yeah, he's all right. I have a hard time reading just words. Uh,
1: I mean, even if you don't read them, you should at least check out the covers.
0: Oh, the covers definitely are. the, co- And like the whole style of it definitely is. I just I've never read any. Mm-mm. i do have a gotcha. book of uh, pulp adventures kind of collected in a magazine they were because okay. they were printing a comic that i like a pulpy comic that i was having a really hard time finding i can't remember what it's called though but i should read some of the stories in there
1: yeah i feel like there's a lot of like repeated tropes that you could pick up on and maybe recycle into your stories in some new creative way
2: yeah for sure for sure
1: okay so we have some questions in the discord now uh, if you want to join the discord DM Cam.
2: Yeah. DM me at Cam Del Rosario or at Gutter Boys Pod. There's a bunch of comics people and fans in the Discord. Uh, You know, they chop it up about comics, you know, post links to their stuff. So if you want a fun place to talk about comics, uh, feel free to join. We also have a channel on there that allows you to ask us questions.
1: All right. So Carly Hack, uh, they ask Minecraft versus Roblox, please. Oh, my
2: gosh. Uh, Am I being asked this because I'm assuming? I'm assuming so. Yeah. (laughs) because i don't don't play either of these games so i have no say in it yeah
1: i don't know what any of those things i know minecraft but that's just because
2: it's like a pop culture phenomenon yeah okay
1: right
0: for all the other zoomers that watch this podcast uh i gotta say minecraft okay i don't know roblox is good though because you can if you can afford red dead redemption there's a ripoff on roblox of it
2: dutch there's another version of me that's gay so roblox is like a designing oh it's like a thing where you make your own games or something yeah, so like basically, if you can't afford a new game
0: that comes out, there's going to be someone who's going to rip it off and put it on Roblox, and it'll be exactly the same thing, just shittier graphics. Hmm. Yeah, and okay. I mean they build a bunch of other stuff on there, but whatever. It's for little kids. I'm not into that stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not like other kids. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: I'm not like other kids, man. <laughs> No, Minecraft. <laughs> so uh next question came from a friend of the show, Frank. Frank asked, What inspired him to make his pages so dense with panels? It never feels clustered and unreadable compared to something like the Grand Design comics. Oh. <laughs> God
1: is ass. We you know we had to fit one more in there. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah I, I it is true because the uh those grand design books, I do have a hard time reading them. Yeah. Especially that Fantastic Four one. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just like I said earlier, the whole anxiety about working too big. And I guess I'm just, I don't know, I guess I intuitively do a good job that it doesn't get too
1: dense or something or too cluttered. And- I mean, your your approach to layouts makes sense to me because of how, how much you reference old strips.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I like to keep it nice and crisp and clear yeah. with just, yeah, just the square panels and whatever.
1: Right, it's pretty cut and dry and makes it super easy to read, even if you're packing in a ton of information.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I I also, I don't have the balls to just like do those crazy, like weird layouts and stuff. Not yet, at least.
1: Right, yeah. You're not trying to compete with J.H. Williams or something. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: yeah, Maybe one day.
1: Okay. Discord user Major underscore Tom 95 asks, who is the best cheesecake artist and what original would you love to own?
0: Okay, the best cheesecake artist. What is a cheesecake artist? Okay, somebody I Somebody who
1: draws cheesecakes.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or it means somebody <laughs> who draws like big
2: fat asses.
1: <laughs> there you
2: go.
0: Hell yeah. Okay. I, I
2: have a feeling that's what it okay, is. Okay, so who's your yeah. favorite cheesecake yeah, yeah, artist yeah. then?
0: Uh, I don't know. I Probably maybe Eric Stanton, I guess. He draws some cool cheesecake. I don't know. I've never really thought about- it. <laughs> Uh, who draws the best ass?
1: <laughs>
0: Maybe like, I should, but
1: yeah, you're not playing like uh, the Incredibles one and two in the background while you're drawing. Yeah,
2: uh-huh, no, I, no. Is I'm this not. because Diva has a a, a Donk on her? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that probably. why you were asked this? <laughs> well, I mean, I okay, the, yeah, probably Eric Stanton. He draws some cool. Hell yeah! I've never heard of Eric yeah. Stanton. Is he uh, like an erotics comic guy?
0: Yeah, he's an erotics comic guy. Okay. He worked with uh, Steve Ditko and stuff. Oh, okay. Steve Ditko did a bunch of like it's like bondage shit, but it's it's like really weird. But uh, I don't know, he's a good artist. Nice. Yeah. Alrighty. So
2: and,
1: uh, wait, what about you, Cam? Who's your favorite cheesecake artist,
2: bro? I don't know. I I wasn't even aware of the term. Probably the dude who who puts the strawberry drizzle on him at Cheesecake Factory.
1: Oh, there you go. That dude's pretty <laughs> sick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> cheesecake Factory is awesome. We don't have that in Canada, and I. I miss it. I would hate every to work I- there, man, because the menu is like nine pages long and it's like every cuisine oh, yeah. in the world. Like, it's cool for the consumer, but God, it must be hell in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. True, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cheesecake Factory rocks.
1: Uh, yeah. If you don't have your favorite cheesecake artist, I do. Yeah. So, I, I don't think he's really known for being a cheesecake artist, but Ken Landgraf, oh, he true. definitely does that. He has a new a comic bit.
2: coming out. I just ordered it from my shop. I told him to give me a copy.
1: Hell Yeah. And I actually have an original Ken Landgraf drawing too. Nice. Yeah. So I don't even I don't even need to wish for having one. I already have one. Didn't Landgraf draw? I've got diva? one too.
0: Yes. Yeah. I've got a, a Landgraf diva drawing nice. as well. Awesome. I mean,
2: it is full of cake.
1: That's, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Cheesecake ben, all over the place. Actually, Ken you Rucks. know, I could
2: say, I guess my favorite cheesecake artist, I mean, you could easily say like Gilbert Hernandez. He's always drawing fucking fat asses oh, yeah. and big old titties. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he has yeah. a type. That's yeah. for sure. Lopsided. we need to
1: get Ken on the show, by the way. If How do we do that? Yeah,
2: I don't know. Jasper, you have a drawing of his. Can you get Ken for us? I could, maybe. Hey. Uh, <laughs> that I would just be- emailed him. That would and
1: be he, awesome. I I fucking love New York Outlaws. So just getting a chance to talk about that would be sick.
0: That that would be really cool. He is definitely an extremely cool artist
2: and a huge uh, inspiration. Did you at see point. the uh, Fanagraphics comics he just did, JB?
1: I did not. Yeah, they were pretty sick. Is it on sale right now? It was called All Time Comics. Josh Bear wrote them. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I have, I have. Sorry. Yeah. yeah.
2: He was in that. I think so. I think he had a. I think he did the second arc of it okay i thought he just did that's a, sick maybe he did covers a or something
1: yeah i don't remember him hang doing on. any like pages
2: i i want to say he did like the whole second arc
1: well cam you've been on a lying spree on this yeah. episode so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll take that with uh okay
2: he did the whole issue of uh xerosis deathscape he did the whole issue okay. of that one so yeah okay, okay. okay. all
1: right yeah yeah.
2: yeah yeah those are cool comics they are for sure. Okay, so real quick, two last questions that we've already covered. Uh, David Caldwell asked, "Who are his inspirations, and where did the idea for Dynamite Diva come from?" We covered that. Milo Marinera asked, "Ask him what his parents think about Dynamite Diva, but ask respectfully."
1: <laughs> we did that. Yeah,
2: so, we did that already. Yeah. We don't got worry, ahead man, of Milo. you. Yeah, but we don't want you all to feel left out. So uh, thank you for writing us questions, Jasper. Before we get out of here, where can people find you on social media? Plug your website. You know the thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a website which I need, but you can find me on Instagram, Jasper dot Should I spell out Jubinville? It's kind of hard to spell. If you or want is that, to, is that too far? Oh, you can spell it if you want. Okay, J U B E N V I L L. That's how no you find e, me. No E,
2: because that's the other Jubinvilles. Yeah, yeah, Get, yeah. Stay away yeah, from the Put some respect B's.
0: on that name. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from the to Juvenville's with the E's. <laughs>
2: Can't be trusted. We don't
0: associate with them.
2: Hell yeah. Well, <laughs> um, hopefully Jasper will be taking care of us in 10 years uh, when he's 30 and we're in the uh, cartoonist old home. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a retirement, retirement community. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, as always, we want to thank Captain you all teams. for listening. I'm Cam Del Rosario. Uh, you can find me online at Cam Del Rosario. JB is online at Mort Crimp Jr. And we are on social media at Gutterboys Pod.
1: Oh, we have a patreon oh, patreon.com e- slash gutter boys
2: and thank you guys for having me on here of course jasper
0: hey yeah, yeah. thank you jasper of course, we'll yeah. have you back on for a bonus yeah so that's we'll for sure. have you on eventually again when i have more to say about uh, more comic
2: people when, i don't when like when you're the king of comics <laughs> no, in no three no. years and you can look <laughs> down at the peasants no, no
1: yeah just lording over these little piss ants.
2: i will never forget the gutter gang dynamite diva pop-up shops in tokyo la and new york
1: <laughs> uh, all right guys stay gutter